0: Good morning and welcome to the Rewired Life podcast. I've got my long lost twin, uh, a very, very famous Ludlow. Tom Ludlow is on the show today, guys. Tom is my cousin. Uh, Tom and I might actually look more like brothers than my actual brother and I do. Uh, this is true. So f- for those of you tuning in, this is, uh, this is Tom, Longmont, Colorado, 35, Yes, sir. Uh married, two little kids about the same age as mine. Um literally we've known each other and been cousins our entire life.
1: <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs>
0: Believe it or not. Uh yeah. He basically looks if you took me and were a little bit more artistic and landed me in Colorado, that's kinda what Tom looks like. So I feel like I'm talking
1: about the myself. more handsome part. Naturally. Yeah. yeah.
0: Naturally. I mean
1: Let's, you just skim over that.
0: I feel like our our looks right now are, you know. It's definitely reflective of quarantine life.
1: Well, all that matters right now is your voice and you sound better than I do. Ooh, so
0: touche. I mean,
1: there's that. Touche. Plus you're the host. So there's like this power trip there.
0: That's right? true. I could, I could edit this thing any way I need to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Hey Tom, it's, it's, on the other side. <laughs> it's good. I'm excited for this, man. I always have a lot of fun when we get to talk. Um, tell us a little bit about the life of Tom Ludlow.
1: Man, the life of Tom Ludlow. Where do you even begin? Uh, like you said, I am a father of two kids. I have a almost two-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. And uh, I'm married to my lovely wife, Lindsay, who is my champion and my muse um, for a lot of the art and uh, design work that I do. So yeah. she and I started a company called Tend Studio last April. And uh, right around the time of our one-year anniversary, COVID-19 really ramped up. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, we went from uh, a lot of big gains, lots of success with our first year in business, uh, to having a, an office and a co-work space, to yeah. back to the basement, boys. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. So um, had a taste of it and definitely hope to get back there someday. We yeah. still have it, but we're just not allowed to go there because it's...
0: Closed for sure. the time being. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tom, like your, your work, uh, you could obviously describe much better than me, but you motion graphics design, all, all that yep. good stuff. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Uh, so I'm a motion designer as well as a creative director. So, um, you know, I work with everything from brands to small businesses to events uh, and experiences. That's yeah. how I like to describe it. So, I've done a little bit of everything in my career. Kind of started as a graphic designer in high school. Uh, worked on the yearbook staff and did all that whole nerdy stuff. Um, designed the cover and things like that. That was it. Was cool. Yeah. It was really good to like cut my teeth on some stuff like that at a young age. And that really kind of confirmed for me the trajectory that I wanted in my career, which was uh, design and mm-hmm. and art, but f- with a purpose um, yeah. I guess to just like help people develop brands I've always had a passion for commercials and advertising like I'd record stuff on TV as a kid and watch the commercials like mm-hmm. I didn't care about the show that I'd mm-hmm. recorded at a certain point I was more in it for the commercials yeah and so, yeah, I mean, fast forward through high school, I went uh, to a very progressive high school to let me do a lot of independent studies and develop my own curriculum, which was really cool. Uh, I was able to start learning uh, nonlinear editing as soon as that became a technology. Uh, we got a grant for like a $40,000 computer. That's like the biggest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, uh, And you had to lay it all off to tape at the end of your half hour session. And that was like, wow, now I can tell stories with video. Let's get the camera out. Let's go break my mom's video camera several ways. Oh yeah. Uh, and then Jackass became a thing. Little did I know that like YouTube would shortly follow and then in the era of social media, as you know, I mean, you're up on it. You have to do video content. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was in college during the social media kind of explosion and MySpace and Facebook and all of that was going on. and It was truly evident to me that like the future is movement and it's not just a static design. It's not just a carousel ad that's, you know, there to hang out. It needs to get your attention, convey a story, tell you something, make you emotionally respond in some way. And uh, Art Institute of Colorado started sending me stuff in the mail. And I was going to CSU at the time studying graphic design. And it was like, you know, they were touting this 90% placement within six months of graduation. And, uh, you know, I've been at CSU for a while and kind of floundered my way through a big school. And Mm -hmm. that's not really where I came from. So it was, it was the wrong school for me, I figured out. And when I took that to CSU and I said, you know, what's your, what's your uh, placement? percentage they said oh well we don't track that hmm. and i said well that's the wrong answer <laughs> right so <laughs> uh, i made the made the choice to go to art institute and it was probably the best choice i ever made
0: yeah
1: on that same time i made the choice to start dating Lindsay, and uh so that kept me in fort collins but i was going to school in denver so there was a lot of commuting and a lot of just like dedication and uh discipline that yeah. i learned in that whole process And uh, then I've worked in advertising um, for many years. I've been freelance before, owned my own little thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just it was, you know, me, hired gun, kind of cowboy, come in, fix the problems and uh, get that thing out the door tomorrow morning, Yeah, Um, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's not necessarily a lifestyle that's sustainable or that you want to live for a really long time, especially once you start having kids. For sure. Yeah. And I was missing things like first steps and missing stuff, you know, like just fun moments for the kids and and realize that, okay, I've done this. I, I know that this is a thing I can do, but it's not what I want to do. I right. want to have a little more say-so in my um, day-to-day, a little more creative control. A lot of what I was doing was just like to make a room full of people happy, you know, right. 12 opinions, make a video. No. Well, you know, that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. Um, But I learned a lot from that experience, learned a lot from uh, working in mobile gaming as well about uh, analytics and how critical it is to track your creative and know its performance and effectiveness and um, really try to hone in on people's audience and gaming's like 1984. It's creepy how much they know about their players. Um, And, you can use that for good or bad, you know? Some people get caught for the bad side of it. Sure. Um, and I think as we're getting that whole, like, legal side of that refined, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have less access to the data that you currently have. Mm-hmm. Just privacy is going to get in the way of that. But sure. But all that aside, the experience at the agencies, the experience at uh, the gaming studio, really exposed me to like building teams, having remote workers, um, bringing people in to just like, you know, handle the balls that were going to get dropped before they got dropped and really starting to have that like vision down the road. Uh, How do we assign this project? How many people are we going to need on it? You know, what's the kind of turnaround time that kind of became more my job than actually making the creative. Mm. And uh, that was cool that really showed me how to build a team, how to track productions, how to plan productions, how to budget, like really exposed me to a lot. Um, and it was a big studio. We got acquired by Hasbro. Oh yeah. And so then we started having their money to play with. And, and that was a really cool thing to learn around. Um, but fast forward, I got laid off. It's second time in my career I've gotten laid off. And, uh, i mean the boot was to my back yeah i was in free fall they took care of me with a severance package uh for about three months but then i needed to figure it out so we rode the wave you know and i was interviewing and looking for jobs and it just kept being like you know i'm too expensive or like the role is is smaller than what i would be offering um and I don't want to like hold anything back about myself. So I just took it as a hint. Ultimately, like you, you need to do your own thing. You're ready for it. Uh, the answer just kept being no. You know, I had like six interviews that were multiple interviews a piece and we get to the finish line and they're like, we just can't do it. Hmm. Okay. Me either. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Now fast forward, we launched 10 studio and um, we've been working with a lot of local businesses like everything from a, a gym client and they're part of a, um, a chain of gyms, but it's been really cool to work with them. And, uh, it's been also really effective for me, just like physically and personally yeah. launching a business to have that outlet. Yeah, um, for sure. A way to work out the stress. And, you know, we've been working with some, uh, like, the local chamber of commerce, and that's gotten our foot in the door with a bunch of local businesses, some of which are bigger, like a national brewer we've been working with. And uh, then we just landed this thing right before COVID for CU Boulder uh, for a planetarium film. So, like, a full 360 experience, uh, and it's a film for NASA. So, oh, that's legit, like, the man. next year of my life is outer space.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So, I, like, obviously I get to see a, a little bit of your work just, you know, thanks to social media and stuff. But one of the things I've always been, like, super impressed with is that you can do, like, motion graphics onto, like, the side of a massive building. Like, when people are, yeah. you know, like, leaving a stadium and they can look out and it's, like, you can do advertisements or art or whatever. But then you also got to do that. And this would be one I think a lot of people, even from the PNW would would understand like at Red Rocks Amphitheater and like, you know, which is obviously like, that's like, you know, the Coliseum uh, of like major concerts and everything that have been there, but like being able to project graphics, like onto the rocks
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, at a concert and like how just cool that made the experience for everybody that was there of like, I mean, just taking music to like the next level of actually being able to have like visual effects with it too. Freaking right, yeah, and
1: have it like sync up with the music and like it blows you know, my mind. Uh, it builds, we were building the rocks on these dubstep builds and then just crashing them down on the drop, and it was just like melting kids' brains. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a project I worked on right out of art school, so I graduated in 2010, yeah. which was the great recession. Yeah. And there were no jobs. And if there was a job, it was for the guy who had 12 years experience and I had none. Right. right? So I just, I couldn't get a job. Um, neither could any of my friends. We all went freelance, but even that wasn't paying the bills. It was like, we, we got to go freelance together too. So we would all work our freelance jobs during the day. And then at night we would moonlight and just create content and make shows, um, for, yeah, like you said Red Rocks is kind of our claim to fame. We uh, we did a festival there 3 years in a row for a group out of Boulder, Colorado called Big Gigantic. Um, and if you're at all into dubstep or any of that kind of like electronic music, you've definitely heard that name. Yeah. And I mean we we were at Dead Mouse together. All of us like kind of looking around like, "Damn, dude, wouldn't that be cool? Like people are projecting mapping buildings." Like we why couldn't we do this? No one's doing rocks. No one's doing like a natural surface. So the next step was like, well, we got to find the right group. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who can a, afford it and be like relates to them. So we put together this really nice presentation. We walked in and I just, I set it up as guys, what you're about to see it it really doesn't get any more big or gigantic than this. Like this is about as big as you're going to be able to go. And then we showed them this pre-visualization where we had a camera like looking around the amphitheater. And they were just like, holy shit, you guys could do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, man, like we, we could do it. We, we have some tests to do and there's yeah. some, you know, hurdles to clear along the way. But we would love to do this for you. And they were like, yeah, sign us up. Yeah, That's sign rad. us up." I would so, imagine those projectors. Yeah, that was, that was really fun.
0: I bet. I would imagine those projectors are not cheap.
1: They are not. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, we took out like a $5 million insurance policy for the weekend yeah. to have eight of them out there. Uh, Jeez. seven of which we used. And then the eighth one was, uh, you know, just kind of like an emergency one, which luckily we had one year because we did blow a lamp, Oh wow. uh, which is like the part that makes the light come out. Yeah. And, in Red Rocks at like four thirty in the morning, that thing went off and it blew and it sounded like a musket loader went off and I like hit the deck <laughs> and was like, what was that? You know? And Oh, it was the lamp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a little bit about um, like what's uh, outside of COVID, you know, but like on a, a normal working routine, like what's kind of a day in the life of Tom look like?
1: Um, it usually starts fairly early with either getting up with the kids or doing a workout. Yep. And then, uh, we get some breakfast in us, we get dressed, we go to school. And then, uh, I usually head off to the office after that. Yep. And, uh, it's usually like some planning and just like kind of getting my day figured out or my week figured out or whatever I'm working on kind of prioritize that stuff. We use uh, a tracking software called Asana. Um, and so I'm just, I play Asana. I, I, it's like a video game for me. Yeah. Um, so I play some Asana <laughs> and decide what I'm going to do that day. And then just start working on stuff. Uh, usually try to bite off like the hardest thing I have to do first and just attack it, get it out of the way. Cause it just makes everything else easier. Yeah, um, and then you know, do that up until lunch, and come back, finish up whatever I need to. After that, and then the afternoons more about uh, like correspondence, checking in with uh, freelancers, checking in with uh, clients and customers about existing projects or future projects. And then uh, you know, I try to get out of there by like five thirty or six. And if I didn't work out in the morning, I work out after work. And then uh, get home, get some dinner in me, get the kids happy and in bed. And then it's either me and Lindsay time or it's, I go back to work. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a remote studio at home, which thank goodness during COVID, I had a second machine ready to go. Um, so I didn't have to like fully disassemble the studio. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I come down to my studio, which is in our unfinished basement and work for a few hours or maybe play some video games with some buddies and blow off some steam. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, that's kind of an average day. My life is nothing like that right now.
0: Right. Yeah. So right now during COVID, I would imagine, are you having to work at night?
1: Yeah. Yeah. we were just discussing this before we started recording, but yeah, I am on the third schedule with my family right now. We've tried a couple of things and, and they've seen some success, but we've seen some failure yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, we're trying something new and hoping this one sticks. We're I think I'm just in the second day of it right now. So yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm working at night. So I'm basically a dad, chef, cleaning lady, janitor, uh, teacher, all of that during the day, Yep. and then uh, put the kids to bed and hop on the computer about seven thirty and work till two in the morning. Dang
0: man, it's
1: wild. Yeah, uh, I it, I just need this flow, man. Right. And if I can't like be on something for like four five hours straight, it it just doesn't get done effectively. So that's where I've found the time to hit that flow and and be uh, undisturbed, uninterrupted. So yeah. I would imagine like it, with,
0: with what you do being an art form, uh, has it been hard to like get back into that flow and that mindset where like the art you're making just comes naturally? Uh, has that been disrupted too? Or is that like you can get to that space pretty quickly?
1: Um, It's been a struggle for a couple of weeks yeah. for sure. Like, life is just upside down. I describe it as like our snow globe just got shook and set upside down. And you're like, wow, so this is it now. Okay. Um, And by no means is it easy to like get back in the zone when you can only be there for five minutes and it takes you 20, 20 minutes to get there. Right. (laughs) Right. Like I'm working on that. Um, But, but that's just kind of the way it goes for me is there's like some startup gotta warm up man totally. just like when you go to the gym you don't just like go in there and deadlift 500 pounds you gotta warm up your back or you're gonna hurt yourself totally yeah um so i, I don't know i treat work kind of the same way yeah i come down and and put on my headphones put on some song to like psych me up it's like locker room pre-game feeling you totally. know and we're gonna go in there and we're gonna get this done yeah and when we're done we can go to bed there you go
0: yeah <laughs> i like it I like it. So uh, what's it been like? This is a good question. What's it been like
1: being a Ludlow? <laughs> well, the cattle market, <laughs> first of all. We... Market, <laughs> we have to acknowledge the cow in the room. Okay? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We got a long line of cattle ranchers in the Ludlow lineage. It's uh, We know, don't do the,
1: much else. No. A
0: little bit of banking you know like yeah but for cattle ranchers <laughs> for cattle, it's, it's, <laughs> cattle's like the yeah it's like the nucleus of of the ludlow family
1: you know it is you have to eat beef to be in this family i think i think it's a requirement it no beef? i'm joking it's probably not this is 2020 right <laughs> i mean uh, being a ludlow currently or just in general uh, in general it's tough man because like Everyone just has this, like, oh, it's a big six-foot, 250-pound bearded guy. He must be a jerk. Mm. I'm a teddy bear, but, you know, I do have claws if I need them. Yeah. But I I don't ever show them, you know. My kids know me. My wife knows me. You know me. I'm just a nice guy. I I just like making cool shit and, you know, telling my mom about it, sharing it (laughs) with my mom, impressing her. Right right (laughs) seriously all I care about yeah can impress my mom I'm happy
0: yeah that's rad I think uh do you feel like there's something about being a Ludlow where in one family there's so many entrepreneurs you feel like that's like that's that like genetic like something inside of you that you're now working for yourself like you just can't escape that or do you feel like it's something you learned along the way Oh, it's definitely something I learned along the way.
1: Yeah. Like, it just grew up around it, man. You know, like, my dad had a 9 to 5, but then he still ran cattle. Right. And you go check on them before work or after work or both or, you know, Saturdays we worked out at the corrals and branded cattle, vaccinated cattle. Um, Sunday we watched the Broncos because that's what you do in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, it was back at it. Yep. So one day of rest and, and we work as hard as we can every other day of the week. Yeah. So I, I think you just, you're raised around it. It's just kind of the way you're taught to, to live your life. And you see like, you know, friends unsatisfied in their nine to fives or their like average jobs. I mean, dude, do something you love. Totally. Right. I think that was something that was taught to me. Uh Do something you love and it won't be work totally right. yeah i think like
0: and I, I mean our our dads are brothers and they're you know 4 years apart they're <laughs> they're very similar you know in in a lot of ways uh but i feel like growing up it was like i don't like i feel like my dad always kind of taught me to think like an owner and an entrepreneur not like an employee you know, I'm like not saying that's like, yeah. you know, good or bad or like, you know, supreme by any means. It was more of just like being raised that way of like, um, try and find something you're absolutely crazy passionate about in this world and figure out how to make a career from it. But like <laughs> starting with that, like passion piece, which, you know, for a lot of, <laughs> for a lot of those has evolved around cattle, um, you know, for you and me, it, it deviated into other art forms, uh. But like, I don't know, just having that drive inside of like, to me, it's it's finding something that you're like, oh, man, I can't stop thinking about this. I love this. This is like what I'm focused on. This is this is making me tick. Uh, But also like, okay, so how do I make a career out of that? Right. Like like starting with the passion and then put legs on it later. Uh, I don't know. I feel like to me, that's like I don't know if I could think any other way.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just how we were raised. That's just the family mm-hmm. we were raised in. Um, there are a lot of entrepreneurs in our family, and yeah. uh, they are Ludlow's, and there are people who are married in who are also entrepreneurs. Yes. So yeah, it's like we just attract that kind of energy, um, and we breed it too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true, man. Well, and I think, I mean, it's hard to say, obviously, you know, my, uh, my brother, um, you know, is, is in a position now where he'll likely be the one to take over the ranch and, and run with it, you know, and he's got the three boys and I mean, maybe it goes even deeper into the next generations of, of staying connected with cattle. Uh, yeah. but you know, I mean, time, time will tell. Uh, it's interesting, you know, I think, um, you 've seen i mean you've seen I think your dad in the last I, I could be wrong on this has it been a year or two since your dad retired I think it's three now, three okay yeah,
1: I think it's three years now
0: dude he seems like he's still like highly engaged like very obviously like a super intelligent guy like knows stuff but like even the few times i've got to talk to him on the phone, like how engaged he is and like what 's going on and still like super driven and passionate obviously like loves getting to spend so much time with, you know, you and the grandkids and everything. But like, to me, I'm like, I don't know. Same thing when, like, when I talk to my dad about some of his, you know, he's at a stage now, he's 65 and seeing some of his friends that had more of the nine to five mentality, um, and are now retired. And he's like, man, like they just want to golf. He's like, like i don't like i don't like I'm not interested in just like working really hard for forty fifty years and like trying to enjoy the last few and like go golf and it's like I don't know, I'll probably never like he's shifted gears he's slowed down, but even looking at that now of like he's still like highly engaged and you know into what he's doing, and at least on a macro level like we'll stay involved in the ranch for the long haul um you know I don't think my dad will ever like Fully retire from that He might have to back up Because of health but I feel like I get the same thing Like when I talk to your dad I'm like oh man He's like Still knows what's going on He's still like Highly engaged He's you know He's not just like Checked out by any means But It's it's interesting Looking at that of like uh, You know We didn't really have A lot of Ludlow grandparents Because uh, unfortunately They all passed way too early So it's been interesting Like looking at that And seeing like What a Ludlow looks like In the later years You know, for, in my opinion, like for the first time I've really been able to
1: see it, Of like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's got incredible drive. I I was shocked the day he told me he was going to retire. Yeah. Um, I thought he'd never do it. I thought he just worked till the day he died, honestly. Like we had bets on that. (laughs) Um, He he did it because my kids are down the street. I mean, I live 60 seconds down the street from them, and he was like, that's just too close. I got to see them. Yeah. You know, I got to be around them. I'm not missing this, so I'm going to retire. He told me that on one of our fishing trips, and I was like, wow, all right, good for you. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to retire. might get a cabin, you know, go hang out up there for a while. He did it. He's got one. I mean, he's always got a project going on, always something to do. Yeah. He's got a wood chipper now. (laughs) Dude, be careful with that thing. I just picture
0: Fargo anytime I hear the word wood chipper. I know. He's like, I disappear, you go looking for me up
1: there, okay?
0: (laughs) That cabin is so awesome.
1: Yeah, it is, man. I mean, super, super lucky to have that in the family. And it's away from everything, you know? Which? There's not a lot of places you can do that.
0: No, man. Colorado is, I mean, you've seen, you've lived there your whole life, but like, isn't it something like 10,000 people a month have been moving to Denver yeah. for like yeah. years? for the past, I don't know, four years, something like that. So crazy. Five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Do, you, do you see, even in Longmont, you know, that far from, oh, yeah. move from Denver, have you seen a lot of growth?
1: Yeah, man, enormous growth. I mean, this whole state has just exploded. It, it You know, it was like pockets yeah. north to south down the interstate um for most of my life and now i mean it's basically like one big city
0: all the way from
1: cheyenne to new mexico i mean you never really get away from like billboards or you know gas stations or anything like that anymore um it's nuts east to west it's a little different yeah
0: Yeah.
1: um that's mainly just because of the mountains and how divided things get but the mountains even have exploded. Uh, there's a lot of construction up there. There's cranes in the air in Denver. Every time I go down there, there's at least like 12 cranes in the air putting up more buildings. It's all apartments, man. It's all it's people wild. like just moving here for the lifestyle, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not complaining about it. It's just driving up my home value, which is <laughs> right. I'm, I'm all for. Yeah. Um, but. It's a lot for for some of the systems of Colorado. True. So we don't have a very good public transit system. Um, so we have some work to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think you'll be in Colorado your whole life? I'm never leaving. Yeah, yeah. I got no reason to, man. Yeah, I got 300 days of sunshine.
0: I know. I'm a little little jealous of your guys' climate. It's pretty legit.
1: It is, man. It dumped snow for the past two days, and now it's like 50 degrees outside, and yeah. it's all melting. So. Yeah. Yeah, spring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, we only get like two or three days of clouds at a time. Yeah. But it definitely affects my mood. Like, I could never do the Seattle thing that you did, man. No way. I could never do it.
0: I don't know if I, like, realized at the time how much I hated that weather. Like, there were times where it grew on me, and I'd like, like, oh, man, it's freaking, you know, drizzling again today. But, like, you couldn't pay me to live there again. Besides the fact, Seattle, like, like Denver, it's, you know, on that side of the mountains, crazy busy, overpopulated. Uh, the growth is insane. Like, the entire west side from, you know, Bellingham all the way down to, like, Olympia. Kind of the way Denver's set up, like, from Colorado Springs to all the way, like, Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. It's just connected now. Like, it's, it's people have had to move out of the city. The city's still growing. They can't handle it. Uh, I look, now, I've Spokane, I'm like, this, I don't think we're leaving. This is great. Like we're having a lot of growth in Spokane, but it still feels like a massive small town, you know, or like there's like one degree of separation between everybody in Spokane, which is it still has that feel. But it's also like we have a downtown and we have good schools and like, you know, the freeway runs through like we still have enough access to feel like a big city without, you know, without feeling like Seattle or being Seattle. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, when it. we
1: lived in Denver, I was just so over, like, standing in lines mm-hmm. and, like, driving in traffic or, like, what used to take 10 minutes to drive across Denver now takes 30, right. 40 minutes. And it's like, are you serious, man? Let's get out of here. So in uh, 2016, we moved back north to Longmont, where yeah. my family lives, and um, loved it. Yeah, same vibe like big small town yeah uh one degree of separation you know and our families had roots in this town for five generations yeah
0: yeah pretty crazy
1: so um people are like Ludlow oh do you know Greg <laughs> I'm like yeah that's my dad and they're like oh I'm sorry
0: <laughs> just kind of give you a hug and walk away yeah, yeah they're like what was that like dude <laughs> Like, and you survived. Oh my gosh. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I live to tell about it. Yeah. That's rad. No, it Uh, wasn't that bad. He was a great dad. Yeah, for sure. Um, What do you think you'll be doing in like five to 10 years from now, Tom?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I have no idea. Like I have no idea. Um, Five years ago I was uh, projection mapping red rocks and, now I'm working on a project for NASA, so I have no idea yeah. where this is going to lead, but I'm down. Let's yeah. do it. I just, just try to put my best effort in every day.
0: Love it. Love it. I, would, uh, I think this would be an incomplete episode if we didn't talk about, I think, one of my favorite memories with you, Tom. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you, here it goes. You comes. already know. So how, how old were we when we went surfing at the ranch?
1: Well, Wisconsin surfing isn't for the weak of heart, <laughs> no, first of all. No. Uh, you have to horseback ride in yes. to do it. That's like the first rule of surfing Wisconsin.
0: We would have been... Um, we would have been about
1: mm, nine, eight yeah. or nine. Yeah. O- all I know enough. is I had to get on your horse to get on to my horse. Correct. That's how yep. little we were. Yep. Yep.
0: So we rode horses from, some, from the ranch. Down into our valley, into the creek, Rush <laughs> Creek, which the, the ranch is named after, and it was like, like
1: four thousand cfs. I mean, that thing was cooking
0: Oh, and it. I mean, we had we had some two by fours, like maybe three feet long, and we we brought them with us on our our horses, rode down there, and we surfed Rush Creek. Which to this day, I don't believe anybody else has ever surfed it. You can't. I mean, yeah. We basically we on the stood right nine, 10 year olds on a two by four that sunk <laughs> to the bottom in, in waist deep, you know, waist deep, very calm water. And we're confused why we weren't surfing, but
1: I think was, it might've had something to do with our weight at that age oh and man. the uh, lack of buoyancy on the two by four, we, we were some but I didn't learn that till college. So
0: <laughs> yeah, we we're some husky kids
1: we were thick thick. they they don't build them that way anymore
0: yeah yeah
1: there's that one picture of us too uh you and me and matt from behind yeah just like six love handles and you have no idea who's who
0: oh man what my mom always called that the like pre-puberty pudge yeah i'm like no i think we were born that way <laughs> like it's, it's i still got it oh yeah me and
1: carol i oh still yeah. got it
0: yeah it's the uh you know the uh the ludlow tire they like to call it
1: it's insulation for yeah. cattle uh weather
0: <laughs> you know i was joking the other day i had a did like a, a dexa scan um where that you know can look at like bone density and muscle mass and fat tissue and like all this stuff and it's been, I don't know, it was a while ago, but when I got it done, the guy looked at me and was like, do you sink in water? It's <laughs> was like, why? And he goes, you have like five times the bone density of like any male athlete I've ever seen. And I was oh. like, really? And he goes, you're like, do you sink? And I go, yeah, I'm not a real good swimmer. <laughs> pretty good at getting to the bottom, uh, but not at going across. And he's like, yeah, like you're a dense human. He goes, no, like, seriously, like, this is impressive. And I go, this isn't good news. And he's like, no, but <laughs> he's like, did you play contact sports? And I go, yeah. And he's like, Do you, what, like, you grew up on a farm or something? And I was like, oh, I grew up on a ranch. And he goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. And he's like, why? And he's like, you yeah. must have done, like, a lot of loaded resistance or something. And I go, yeah, I mean, maybe, but I think like, it's also kind of genetic. Like, just <laughs> thick.
1: <laughs> our, our whole group of cousins are just big dudes yeah it's crazy yeah you know even genie's boys tall yeah muscular guys man yeah yeah um yeah i think that always like that's part of growing up as a ludlow is the size Mm -hmm. and like having to wrestle up play football up like a grade level or two um and that just teaches you to like assimilate with an older crew a bigger crew uh a more advanced age group and i think that helped me out too just being bigger put me in different situations than it would other people yeah for sure for sure
0: uh well, hey, Tom, I want, to, uh, want to thank you for being on. This was a ton of fun as always, man. Love getting to chat with you. Something we do at the end of each episode is uh, giving you an opportunity to shout out a local business. So um, what I would like to do for this one is where could people follow you if they wanted to see some of your artwork and what you've been doing?
1: sure um, Instagram would probably be the best place to follow us yep. and that's uh, tend underscore studio and uh, you can also check out our website studio not .com there dot you go studio I like that uh, and yeah give us a follow on there we're also on Facebook and stuff like that but we're most active on Instagram so
0: cool love it man yeah Appreciate it. As always, good chatting with you. And let's go surfing at the ranch again soon.
1: Oh, man, I can't wait. Thanks for having me on. You got it, bud. This is fun. It's good to see you. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, say hi to the family. You too. Tell your folks I says hi. (laughs) Okay, I will. They'll say you're cute. Oh, gosh, he's cute. Don't you know. (laughs)